Tits of Sandbox fans, we are back. We are finally talking fantasy football. We're here for our official 2023 start of the fantasy rankings for the season. And as always, we're getting things started with the combined episode of the defenses and the kickers. Not a lot of people know the best defenses to have or the best kickers to have, so a lot of people tune into this. Why the hell do I want to listen to fantasy rankings on kickers and defenses? Guys, they have lives. They, they're they important, too. <laughs> the point differences in, in defense and kickers on a weekly basis could be the matter of a win or a loss. So listen up. We're giving you 10-6, to 5-1, to one, starting with the defenses. At 10 here, the Cincinnati Bengals. Not a top talent defense. We are talking about a great offensive team. Most of the time, we'll be playing ahead. The reason why I have the Bengals here at 10 is because I do think that they lost a lot of pieces on the back end of the defense that I do think will have significant impacts to their secondary. I do think their front seven will still be productive, but we'll see if that's going to be a make-or-break thing for the Cincinnati Bengals. At 9, the Baltimore Ravens. Same division, a team right above them. I do think going into the year that the Cincinnati Bengals are the better team, but I think the Baltimore Ravens could have higher potential if everyone stays healthy and everything works out perfectly. They have a lot of young talent in the secondary and in the upfront seven, so I think the Ravens could potentially get back to having that great defense that complements a great offense. At 8, Guys, we're talking about one of the most talented rosters on the defensive side of the ball, the Miami Dolphins at every single position. I do think that the Miami Dolphins are a team that are going to have some weeks that are going to hold teams to low-scoring games. I think, more importantly, the Dolphins will have a great defense because they'll get a lot of turnovers, a lot of sacks. You're talking about Bradley Chubb. You're talking about Javon, Javon Holland, man. Jalen Ramsey. So you're talking about some of the top names for defensive guys on that side of the ball. At 7, some people could say that this is too high. Some people could say this is too low. This is always a team every single year that has a great offense, and their defense usually just does well complimenting that. One of the best defensive players are on that team. They're going through some contract negotiations right now. We're talking about Chris Jones in the Kansas City Chiefs here at 7. I think... Whenever you have a top team in the NFL, you're always going to get, you know, right around that 10-point performance for a defense. Obviously, you're going to have some weeks where you're getting, you know, single-digit point type of performances. But I think the Chiefs, you know, week in and week out will really get you around that 8-12 to point range. And my last one before we send it to Tuan, you'll like this one. The Seattle Seahawks. I do think that they have the potential to be a top six defense in fantasy football. We could potentially see a lot different Seahawks team than what we saw last year. But with the roster and what they have and the way that their offseason has really went, I think it's no fluke to see the Seattle Seahawks be a drafted defense in fantasy formats. Love that. Love that take. You might see them for me soon. Yeah. But number 10, I'm going to start with the Detroit Lions. Okay, talk about it. Interesting, because... When you're talking about ranking defenses here, sure, it's teams that won't let up a lot of points, but when we're talking about that, Lions aren't the first ones that come to mind. But you also need to consider teams that will get turnovers, get sacks, get those actual points for you. You get a guy in Aiden Hutchinson, one of the people in contention for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Abundance of sacks, he can force fumbles, he can really, really bother offenses. Then you get a guy in C.J. Gardner-Johnson who tied for the league lead in interceptions last year in, in 12 games. games. Yep, yeah. In just 12 games. So that's another guy. Jack Campbell, 
really, really good middle linebacker that they drafted. They may have drafted him a little early, but he might prove to us that they did not. He might be able to be there and stuff the run, stop them from getting teams to score touchdowns, forcing them to field goals and things like that. So there's a lot of good players on the Detroit Lions that I think we can see them have a pretty good year defensively, which... Malcolm Rodriguez. Yep, Malcolm Rodriguez. There's just more names piling on and on. It's This, is, this isn't a bad Lions team anymore. This is a team that is pretty well-rounded. They're ready to compete. They're ready to compete. About damn time. Number nine, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I thought this was going to be a little high, but then I heard you have them a little bit higher, so I feel better about it. I almost feel like now I should put them a little higher, but there's still just some pieces that they get into such shootouts. They score so quick that a lot of teams are on the field because the offense gets off the field so quick. So there's a lot of opportunity to have points scored on them, but then you have a guy like Chris Jones who can turn the ball over, get sacks. Nick Bolton proving to be one of the better linebackers If you go back to our linebacker rankings, you'll find that out exactly where. But Nick Bolton in there, a young secondary that's only getting better. So, you know, you got Justin Reed in that secondary. A lot of of good players on that defense now. It's not just an offensive-heavy team. Eight, I'm going with the Bengals. I think we're going to see a huge season from the ends. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, a lot of sacks coming in. Got Jordan Battle playing safety to fill the void in the Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Jordan Battle's no scrub. I know he's a rookie, but he's not a scrub. He's going to be there. He's going to cause a lot of problems for teams. Going to seven, one of the teams that I cannot believe I've left out in you know years past when I start talking about defenses, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Mike Tomlin finds a way. They have a really good defense. If TJ Watt's healthy, you got Cam Hayward, you drafted Joey Porter, you signed Patrick Peterson, you have Minka Fitzpatrick. That's five names in you know five seconds that we listed off that can score <laughs> points themselves. That's half the defense. That is half the defense <laughs> right there. They're studs. They're absolute studs. Watch out for the Steelers, man. We talked about it last episode, but they could be a really scary team. Well, I'm disappointed games. with your next one, man. Why, you think it's too low? <laughs> no, I think it's too high. Too high? <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys! Michael Parsons, Depoy, incoming. Um, sadly, I know you hate it, but that man scores points all by himself. Trayvon Diggs gets interceptions. He's played better. He's gotten burnt less, I guess is how I would put it. Not necessarily throwing up the interception numbers that he had, but he's getting burnt less. Stephon Gilmer goes to that team. Demarcus Lawrence. You drafted Mozzie Smith. That's five more players in about seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are good players that can really, really help elevate a team that still needs that boost on defense. They have a lot of the weapons on offense, but sometimes they just don't show up. If you have a defense that can help anchor you, it will always give your team a chance to get back in the game. I don't know if you're going to consider it a snub. I don't have the Dallas Cowboys on my on my list. I do think that Micah Parsons is a top three defensive player in all of football, no doubt. But I think the linebacker position for the Dallas Cowboys has definitely taken a little bit of a hit. I know that they have a lot of the same guys there, but I don't think that talent has really grown to the stature that they would have wanted it to. I think their secondary can still be a great secondary or it could be a, a, a bottom five worst secondary they could. In, they, in the NFL. They could. And, and there's no in between. That That's what they'll be. I think that they have the talent. Yeah, Mozzie Smith is going to be a, a prospect that's going to absolutely help them a step, especially when it comes to establishing you know, the rushing defense. They got a couple other veteran guys on that defensive line, but I wanted to pump the brakes. I still think that when the Dallas Cowboys win football games, it's going to be because their offense and not yeah. their defense, in my opinion. 
But at five, not sure if this is a team that you have on your rankings or not. I do have the New York Jets. feel like with the talent, if we want to sit here and start naming names, that we could really compare them with any defense in the entire NFL. But we do need to keep in mind that it's the New York Jets, so I'm not going to deem them one because they had a great year last year. That's not the way it works with fantasy defenses. That's not the way I do my rankings. I base it on how we're going to get points, whether that's going to be generated through turnovers. Maybe they're going to limit the opponents to low scoring. These are things that I value when it comes to making my fantasy defenses. I think the Jets have the personnel and the potential to be a great defense, but realistically, I can't give them that top three respect because they could still be a seven-win New York Jet team. At 4 one had to give them the nod above the New York Jets. This is where I have the New England Patriots. Consistently, yes! a, top, <laughs> consistently a top seven defense at the beginning of the year, I'm going to give them that top four potential. I think the investment in Christian Gonzalez in the in the secondary position is absolutely going to help. Even though even though they're losing some of their star players across the defense that they've had for years, I do think that they have a lot more talent. Christian Barmore is going to be somebody that's looking to play a full season this year. Christian Gonzalez, like I mentioned, Kyle Duggar in, in the the safety room. So I think that the Patriots do have players. Belichick always limits the opponent scoring and creates the turnovers. If they can get points off of those turnovers, that's even better. You're talking about a Patriots defense that at least has two games a year over 20 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. If I can be a part of that and they can win me a week, I'll take that all day. At three, Twan, my top three might be a little bit different than yours. At three, this is where I have the San Francisco 49ers. We know the personnel at every defensive level that they really have. Talking about my defensive player of the year last year and Nick Bosa. I have a lot of pressure this year when it comes to the... I know, the we're driving it up all because, summer. <laughs> yeah, because I, if I don't get one thing right this upcoming year, it's just going to be like, oh shit, this dude's living off of a wing and a prayer that he got defensive player of the year right eight minutes before. But it's all right. Every episode. It's all right. I love it. I'll take it. I want all the pressure. The excellence should be demanded, and you guys deserve nothing less. So I want all the smoke. We're talking about great save. Hufanga. Yes. Oh, my God. They're, they're, These like, they come names. from the yeah. same place, man. Yes. We're talking about Hufanga. We're talking about Fred Warner. Other investments that they made in the defensive side of the ball. The 49ers last year were the best defense. I think that they'll take a little bit of a hit from that. I think their team is going to be worse than what they were last year. I think it's really hard to stay as healthy as they were last year. I really do. At 2 one. I'm really disappointed in this defense as well because they were really low, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers are too low for my life. Oh, they're too low. Yeah. Yeah. I have them here as my second defense. You're talking about a healthy Watt. You talked about the front seven and the playmakers that they have in the secondary. I really think that this could be a sneaky year for the Pittsburgh Steelers to make some noise and get their respect back. Mike Tallman is going to sniff around 10 wins. That defense is ready to play. I think Kenny Pickett's going to take the steps. I think that they're going to create a lot of turnovers. Minka Fitzpatrick himself is going to have two, three games this year with two plus interceptions, hands down. And at one, the Philly Eagles. Obviously, it took me a lot to put them at one. I talked a lot in the offseason about losing their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. But 
I can't just base my predictions solely on them losing those two and not thinking that they're going to reciprocate their production from last year and that be my reasoning. If I'm looking at their roster and I'm looking at what they have as far as you know personnel and what they like to do as a team, I think the Philly Eagles can absolutely scheme up another great year. I just think it's going to be really unlikely or improbable for them to beat every single team that they play by 30 again. Yeah. Last year you were talking about a team that was limiting most opponents to one one touchdown and all field goals. Yeah, that would be great. We were looking for turnovers. We're looking for a lot of those young Georgia Bulldogs that they have there to make some noise. They have all the potential in the world too, and that's why I have them as my number one defense, the Philly Eagles. All right, I got to get some credibility back here with the Steelers. <laughs> my rationale for the Steelers not being in top five, you got to look at their division. They play three very high-powered offensives twice this year. The Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns. I'm going to say consistent with I think the Browns are going to be a very, very high-octane offense. We know the Bengals are. We know the Ravens have all the potential in the world to be. So you play those games twice. You can have a couple turnovers, but if you still let up 35 points, you're still sitting around four points. I agree with you, but I also think that every single time you see a division game, whether it's this division or any other division, it's a dogfight. They're and I, And I don't feel like... You're good. You see scores that that Rams Chiefs game from years ago. I think it's more of that 2014 17 type of vibe, and then maybe a team that pulls away at the end gets a touchdown that they could see. That that's my opinion on it, and that's why I was thinking low scoring. There's definitely going to be some mistakes and turnovers if they see each other twice. But I I understand that reasoning and rationale. I think that the Bengals and the Ravens will have multiple games where they score 30-plus points, maybe even the Browns. But when I view them playing each other, I view it more like three, four-point ball games. See, I I see that. There are certain games within that division where, like, it'll be closer. Usually the Steelers are one of those games where they keep it a little bit closer. (laughs) I just think that there's, like, some of those offenses were just, they've been revamped. They're so good. Yeah. I think if the Bengals play the Ravens, I don't think that's going to be a gritty game. No. I I think that's a 40-40 to game right there. Yeah, but I do think if you're talking, like, Brown Steelers, you could see, like, a 10-8-11-7 type of... Ugly-ass game. I can see it. You definitely can see it. You definitely can see it. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to stick to my guns here. Yeah, yeah. Sticking to Steelers there, but five... Just one higher than you, Seahawks. Okay. I know we talked a little bit about them, but this is team so that in the offseason improved huge. Do you think better than the Steelers? I do. Oh, I do. Is that is that based on division or is that based on talent? Division. Mm. A little bit of both. It's tough. It's hard because they're yeah. like so they're so so similar. I know, I know. And it's weird because like they probably like to have the Cowboys just in the middle of them is what's really giving everybody <laughs> the finger right now. <laughs> that's, a, well, that's what got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm here to piss you off. <laughs> um, they're gonna be really, really similar to what happens with the Steelers. They have a really, really good team. I do think they're a little bit younger. I just you know, I don't think they play the talent, especially if they're in the NFC. They're not playing as hard of teams as you know the Steelers are playing in the overall AFC, let alone just the North. Yeah. Four the Browns. I do think, and I'll stick to my guns here, I really think the Browns are one of the better defenses in the league. Names, talent, the whole thing, well put together. Miles Garrett, sack machine, Denzel Ward, one of the best corners in the NFL. Great safety room, great rest of the corner room. You got Craig, Greg Newsom as well. Just a really, really good team that I think is just one season away from us going, there they are. So Darius Smith also acquired that. That's yep. a, that's definitely a defense I slept on. Huge, huge like splash this year. I, they're going to be a scary team to play. 
top to bottom roster names, it's about time that they get stacked because they've had so many first overall picks that you just, you needed it to happen. Three, we're right on par, 49ers. Nothing to do with them having a fall off. I just think the two defenses they have above them are a little bit better. Again, they got Hufanga, they got Nick Bosa. All these players are really, really good. Fred Warner, best linebacker in the NFL, pure linebacker. But I don't think they're better than the number two Patriots. I just think because that there's always two, three games where they put up 20 plus points, they're going to finish with more fantasy points overall. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have multiple games like that this year. A lot of gritty, tough games. They're going to score touchdowns themselves on defense, lockdown corner room. And I'm not talking about Marcus Jones, little 5'9 Marcus Jones. I'm talking about if Jack Jones plays. I'm talking about Christian Gonzalez. I'm talking about Jonathan Jones. And then Marcus Jones is just a little touch on top to say, hey, if Tyreek Hill's going to run all over the field, can you follow him? Yeah. He's going to do his best. Yeah. Not everybody can follow him, but Marcus Jones is probably the best build to do it. Number one, I'm with you there too, the Eagles. Yes, they lost their D.C., they got a lot of good defensive pieces this year. Yeah. Yes, they might have lost TJ Edwards. I don't think it matters that much because now Nicobe Dean's got another year under his belt. And now he's familiar playing with all of his Georgia Bulldogs. Simple as looking at how good the damn Georgia Bulldogs were. I know college and the NFL are two wildly different things. But that was a scary, scary defense that nobody could figure out. Jordan Davis on that team. Jalen Carter. Criminal or not, he's playing this year. Yeah. Keely Ringo. Wasn't the best corner drafted, I don't think, but he's going to fit in really well with Slay and Bradbury. This is a scary team, guys, and it starts with the defense. Defense wins championships. They got to the Super Bowl last year, not just because of how good their offense was, but how stout their defense was. Fantasy defenses matter, guys. Make sure you guys know that. And listening to why our defenses make the top 10 rankings is so important. Hope that makes your defensive drafting and decisions very easy. All right, we're going to switch over to the kickers now, but before we do, a little message from Since the Sandbox. Guys, all throughout the month of August, we have three live podcasts. Please make sure to pop up. It's going to be a great time. August 12th at Sammy Carlos in East Boston. Stop by, grab a sub, watch the show. August 19th, we'll be live at the Jeffries Point Street Hockey Tournament. Always a great time. Shout out to our guy, Mark Budelari and Sal Stefano for putting together a great event, bringing the Eastie community together and really allowing us to be ourselves, someone that's attended the event for years, that always looked forward to playing in it, bringing experience to the game in the tournament down Jeffries Point. And lastly, Christine's Sweet Shop, the weekend of August 26th, 27th, will be doing NFL trivia where Mike Scarpa will be defending his title. Make sure you guys come and tune in and support the show. Fantasy kickers. Dwan, kickers are a little bit different than the defenses. I feel like there's less reasoning to really have these guys Mm -hmm. up and down, whatever. But here we go. Number 10, Tyler Bass. I know that this has been a top kicker the past couple of years, but I think that offense takes a little bit of a hit. I still think they'll be they'll still be a top 10 scoring team. I think that the Bills score more touchdowns than they do settle for field goals. I have Bass here at 10. At 9, I have Daniel Carlson. I think the Vegas Raiders are going to be a team that does convert field goals a little bit more often than most. Daniel Carson has the potential with the with the yardage, but also playing indoors is also uh, a huge help. Eight, we have Brandon McManus, a kicking name that has been a staple for years to come. This has been a guy that has had a consistent role as a kicker in the NFL for some time, and it's been relied upon for Brandon McManus to hit 60-plus yard field goals. We always need that. At 7, I have Jason Myers. I know that this might be a name that you guys usually don't hear as part of the top 10, but I think as long as Seattle is going to be a team with 
three great wide receivers on offense and two good running backs that their offense is going to score some points. I think they could settle for field goals a little bit more. I think Jason Myers will get you guys a couple good weeks. And at six, I have Greg DeLeg, Greg Zerline coming into a new team. I think Greg DeLeg is going to be a very solid kicker this year, and we all know his potential and what he can get you. So I'm going to kick it off with number 10, Jason Sanders. It's just not as breezy in Miami as it is all over here, you know, all over here in the Northeast. Sure. Also, what hinders him from being higher is I think the Dolphins have a a really, really unique big playability, which is going to have them kicking more extra points than they will field goals. So starting off, Jason Myers at number 10. I'm sorry, Jason Sanders at number 10. But number 10 is Jason Myers. I think you're going to see a lot of good play from the Seahawks this year. And I think they're they're going to be in a dome a lot. I'm really big on, you know, players kicking in a dome. Number eight, Harrison Butker. This is probably pretty low. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it is low, but I have seen the past couple of years he's been hurt. Yes. He's been kicking injuries. That does scare me a little bit. Yeah, because that's not something that you expect at that position. Right. It, it, so it's just, it, it scares me a little bit. And again, the Chiefs are one of those teams that they're going to score touchdowns. Butker's going to be kicking a lot of extra points. You will be kicking some 50-yard field goals, but I don't think it's going to come as consistently as we all see it. Number seven, Tyler Bass. Really, really good kicker. Just kind of with what you said, a little bit of a downturn from the Bills this year. Also, playing in Buffalo is hard, man. You're not playing in a dome. There's a lot of windy games. You'll see games where they just won't kick the ball because it's so bad out. I love the fact that we both left the Buffalo Bills off our defensive fantasy rankings. Fuck them. I, I do think... I do think that the Bills and, and the Browns, who I didn't have in my rankings, probably deserve to be mentioned in that conversation about potential defenses that could be drafted. Same way I left out the Jets. So I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah, now yeah. I, if we're, getting, <laughs> if we're getting honest right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Jets, little snub, but whatever. It's the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> Going to number six, your boy Graham Gano. Year in, year out, he just kicks the ball through the goalpost, 50 yards, 40 yards, Nails them every time. I love the fact that we don't have to worry about a kicker. And, like, I don't care about paying them $4 million if you're going to do your job right. He's like, going to get you nine points that game. Like, it was frustrating for me, and I'm not even a Pats fan, when the Pats paid Gostowski, and that's when he literally started, like, sucking. <laughs> perfect timing. The guy was nails all the way as cheap, and then he gets... It's a little pricier. The guy misses everything, and yeah. everyone wants his head. I, I yeah. have a couple of Facebook posts. <laughs> that's, that's mad. I probably got to wipe that thing clean, but oh my we'll God. deal with that when I like, go for office, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's one for president 2026. Watch out. Oh, shit. All right, at five, I have Jake Elliott being a part of that Philly Eagles offense. I think definitely makes you, you know, a, a very viable fantasy kicker. Last year, he had a solid year. I think this year, they might settle for a little bit more field goals than touchdowns, and that's what you're looking for. At four, you said it perfectly about Graham Gano. The Giants offense might be another unit that doesn't make it all the way down to the goal line. So I think that can be a kicker that can be very helpful in a lot of scenarios. And, you know, like you said, he's consistent. He doesn't miss a lot of kicks. <laughs> Did he get paid? Yeah. <laughs> he always gets paid. But, um, I, I really like having Graham Gano as a kicker, really consistent. Three, Evan McPherson being a part of one of the better offenses in the NFL. I think that this absolutely is a staple to being part of a, a, a great kicker and definitely a name that you're going to target at that position. Two, I have Harrison Bucker. I do agree that he has been injured in recent years, but as long as he is the starting kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs, I have to put them at, at least at two, regardless of who it's going to be. And one, the man, the myth, the legend, the kicker, the opera singer, the Baltimore Raven, Justin Tucker. That's it. 
You don't need to see anything. I don't else. need to see anything. Else. Yeah. So should I start at one because it's Tucker <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming in at five? <laughs> Evan McPherson could be a little bit higher. Again, I just think some of the guys that I have above him playing in domes. I'm big on playing inside a dome, guys. It takes out some of the hardest parts about kicking. So that's the one thing um, that doesn't have Evan McPherson a little bit higher here. But I do think this is a team that's going to see the red zone a lot. They're going to be kicking a good amount of field goals, but they'll also be able to put the ball in the end zone. So mm-hmm. restricts it from a team like. The Saints, which is where I'm going to have Will Lutz at number four here. Kicking in the dome, guy's a great kicker. The guy also is one of those guys that really doesn't miss too much. Yeah. And I think this is a team that's going to settle for a lot of field goals because they're not going to be in a – they're playing a really lackluster division. I don't think they're going to need to blow up points to win games within their division. That's six right there where they're not going to need to you know beat the brakes off of teams here. They're going to be able to settle for a couple field goals each half and, and feel good about how the game's going. Number three, Young Way Koo, same reason. Guy – Shows up every day, kicks the ball through the field goal, plays in a dome, plays in a team that's also going to get into the red zone, not force touchdowns. They're going to, if they can play conservative, kick a field goal, they're going to kick the field goal because they know they got a reliable kicker. A name off my list, but a guy that consistently every single year has two 20 point performances. Yes, he's just, he's, he's that good. And speaking of 20 point performances, everyone got mad at me when I had Daniel Carlson last year. They're like, yeah. what the hell? Why is he winning games with multiple 15, 16, 17, 20 point performances? Yeah. I think he had like 27 points in one of the games last I'm year. Sure, I'm sure. Literally was better than every game Najee Harris put up. So <laughs> you're getting number two based off of just that. That's just love Daniel Carlson. Yeah. And the reason you're not getting number one is because the best kicker of all time is number one. And that's just, wow. And that's coming from you. You. Sadly. Wow. Okay. Regular, no, regular no season. Harry? You know, regular season. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll reel it back in. I was getting a little carried away there. <laughs> well, since the Sandbox fans that wrap things up for our first episode of our fantasy ranking series, we brought you our defenses, our kickers. In our last episode, we gave you our breakout fantasy players. You know what's coming up next? We got our tight ends, our wide receivers, and running back fantasy rankings all over the next three weeks. It's that time of year. Do your homework and learn the fantasy rules the sandbox way. We told you guys, everyone's a champion this year. Everyone's a league winner. You can thank us later. You guys know the deal. Peace, love, and five stars, nothing less.